Welcome to the Value Investor TV podcast. This is the podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Becco and my partner, Hari. Hello. Um, happy, happy 2020. Uh, <laughs> sorry for getting out to you guys late in the year. I know this is already mid-February, uh, but thank you guys all for tuning in. Uh, we had some technical issues earlier in the year. We tried to upload a few videos and then we just didn't, uh, couldn't quite get there. Uh, but I'm really glad we're here now, um, uh, mid, mid February, kind of, uh, halfway into Q1. Uh, we're going to talk about a few pertinent, pertinent, pertinent topics in this episode and next. I'm really happy that, uh, you guys are with us today. All right. Before we start, can you give us a quick disclaimer, Hari? Yeah, this is the Value Investor uh, TV podcast. We are a podcast that educates you on the concepts um, behind value investing. Uh, we are not financial advisors. We don't know your specific financial situation. So if you are uh, needing financial advice or tax advice, please consult with the appropriate advisor. Awesome. All right. Uh, great. Let's talk about in this episode, uh, Tesla shares. Um I think uh, it's been on the news for, you know, obviously, for obvious reasons. The Tesla is, uh, you know, I, I read some headlines talking about how Tesla is equivalent equivalent in terms of its buzz and everything like that to, to that of Bitcoin and, and cryptocurrency craze that was uh, sweeping the world in 2018, late 2018. Um, you know, it's an interesting topic. I think, uh, you know, as a value investor, you always have to watch out for these hype, sort of hyped companies. But I know you have a you know, particular take on Tesla. Um, maybe you want to share some some opinions about that, Hari. Yeah. So, excuse me. So let's just you know, as a for the I, I mean, I, I don't know how many people are not aware of what Tesla is as a company, but you know, they are um, headed by the CEO Elon Musk, who um, got his start in in the tech world amongst a lot of other things with PayPal. Um, and he is, he started Tesla in 2008, um, with the intent of making the world's first, you know, fully electric car. Uh, and so there's been a lot of promotional aspects to the way Elon Musk does a lot of things, right? He is, uh, you know, the, the company has no marketing budget. They essentially just use Elon Musk's Twitter feed, Elon Musk, um, as a person and so on, uh, to promote it. While running Tesla, I think he does it three days a week. He also runs SpaceX, and then he has other ventures, the Boring Company, which you know makes tunnels uh, and things like that. Uh, and to give you an idea of why we're talking about this now, if you looked at Tesla in around August of 2019, they were trading at $200 a share. Um, as of this recording, they're you know they are, are around seven hundred and fifty to eight hundred dollars a share. So they have skyrocketed in the last um, four months, five months, essentially. You know, to proportions that uh, are are fairly crazy, right? When you think about this company that has not been consistently profitable for much of its existence, um, has had a lot of problems meeting delivery timelines and so forth. Um, so. What we're really not talking about here is Tesla as a company, Tesla as a, you know, if we did a deep in-depth analysis of it, uh, maybe we'll do that at a future date if, if folks are interested. But 
really what we're talking about here more <clears throat> is about the concepts behind speculative investments or, or speculation rather i should shouldn't even call use the word investment um you know so <clears throat> i don't know that there are many people out there who would have said in september or august of 2019 that at $200 a share i would expect tesla to be up you know quadruple in the next four you know four to six months very few people would actually be able to say that um, with certainty. And and it's very rare that stocks would skyrocket like this, right? But what a lot of people try to do is time the market. They try to, try to find um, stocks that are about to bounce, and then they go uh, rush headlong into it. Um, and so I, I think that the real you know kind of discussion that we're trying to have here with you today is you may think that you will be able to time the market. You may think that you're smarter than everybody else, right? But there are large forces that are acting behind this run-up, and those same forces may turn on a dime and short the same stock, you know, to do, you know to basically double their profit, right? So, um, you know, I, I think it's a it's a it's a very interesting thing to look at, um, but it's something that I would never want to put my money on on either side of this you know on on the buy side or the sell side um mm -hmm. so you know yeah go uh, ahead Ari. well so the other thing that i found interesting is um during the last uh conference call um people asked elon musk so the company has quite a lot of debt um and they are still not consistently profitable um and are burning a lot of cash Elon Musk was asked if he's going to need to raise more money. He said no. He said it doesn't. He doesn't think that it would be a good time to do so. Um, and then subsequently, he announced a two billion dollar stock offering, which, after which the company uh, price increased. So, I mean, we're looking at some sort of irrational exuberance around this company, which now is valued at greater than the market cap of Ford and GM, which make about ten times the number of cars that Tesla does. Um, so yeah. I, it, it, it is mind boggling to me that this company is valued at this, you know, pace. So, yeah, I mean, I think the, the, I mean, the, the, I think the underlying, um, uh, kind of assumption about these kind of high you know, nosebleed valuation is that the earnings will catch up to its valuation in the future, right? That's the basic assumption for all these like high value companies. And I think the idea is that, um, you know, just speaking from the other side, is that Elon Musk, through its magic, will be able to uh, productionize, um, productionize, you know, Model S, uh, Model Three, etc. His lineup, Tesla, Tesla lineups, and be able to bring in, bring forward production to its promised capacity, uh, you know, quite quite soon, um, and and thus be able to really live up to the expectation in terms of earnings and therefore the valuation would not, you know, wouldn't wouldn't seem so ridiculous um, so that's I guess you know that's fundamentally what people are thinking about and that right there is you know at some it's, to some degree you have to look out in the future for all for every investors but um, it, it's you know you, you cross the line into a speculative investing in speculative you know trading if you will um, as you as you pointed out Another thing that you pointed out, Hari, about the stock offering, um, if we just you know take a step back from, you know Tesla as an entity, in terms of stock offering, I thought it was kind of honestly 
you know, obviously the uh, the idea that you know CEO would come out, you know, a couple days, maybe a couple weeks before the stock offering, and then says we don't need to raise any more money, and then quickly turn around and actually do do a, a giant two billion stock offering is a problem. But if we step back and think about what they're doing in terms of, uh, you know, a, you know, uh, kind of capitalizing on the the nosebleed valuation, I think it's I think it's timely from that perspective. You know, you're able to raise money with you know high valuation, right? Uh, so it's a cheap money from that perspective. Yeah. What do you think? I, I mean, obviously, as an investor, you never want to be diluted. But if you're going to have a stock offering, you want to do it when the company has a nosebleed valuation. Obviously, then you do get mm-hmm. diluted the less, right? So for those of you who don't understand how these stock offering works, um, the company a- announces that they want to sell a, a fixed amount of a d- fixed dollar amount of share uh, of uh, stock. So they want to raise two billion dollars in uh, stock. So if the stock is trading at a hundred dollars, you know, versus a thousand dollars, that affects how many shares have to be issued, right? So at a thousand dollars, fewer shares have to be issued uh, to get the t- to the two billion dollar uh, number than if they were at a hundred dollars, right? So, um, you know, and in, in this case, by a factor of ten. So it's an important metric to to really kind of look at is yes at a high valuation obviously you want to do it at a, if the company is undervalued you would want to um you know take on debt or or do something you know or do actually do the opposite which is buy back the shares right um mm-hmm. so you know from that standpoint you know i i don't have any fault with it i i just my problem with it is as a ceo he has flip-flopped on a lot of issues there doesn't seem to be a lot of consistency in how things are getting announced, um, and and frankly, the you know I, I feel like the the company is operating at a very you know razor's edge at this point. That any small setback, like if uh you know like what we'll be talking about in the second episode with with the coronavirus, um, could potentially you know wipe out a huge you know amount of this uh, market cap, right? I I think the likelihood of Tesla going completely under as you know there's a there's a fairly large following of people on twitter uh who listen to uh tslaq which is the uh for those of you who don't know when you add a q to the end of a company um that is the bankruptcy ticker symbol so you just take the normal ticker symbol add a q and that tells you that it's uh in the bankruptcy um court um and then when they emerge from bankruptcy they can remove the q uh letter designation um, so there are a lot of people who are thinking that the Tesla will go under. And, you know, one of the things that I found interesting about why they think that, and this should, you know, raise alarm bells for everybody, is that their auditor, PricewaterhouseCoopers, has raised critical audit matters following the review of the company's financial statements. I'm reading this from a uh, Wall Street Journal article. Uh, Tesla disclosed in its regulatory filing that PWC, which has examined Tesla's books, since 2005 have highlighted auditing the car maker had particular complexities, including how the company was reserving money for potential future warranty expenses. Um, and the promise it made to guarantee a resale value or buyback option for some of the vehicles it sold. So in essence, they are reserving items on their balance sheet and may not have the appropriate, um, financial, um, uh, liquid, liquid financial reserves to actually meet those demands. So 
these kind of liabilities are, um, you know, are, are real and, and can cause real problems for a company. And, you know, the fact of the matter is if you, if you, if you watch Tesla over the last year, and I don't watch him very closely because I don't have any interest in either side of the argument, really, um, there's a lot of turnover at the management level, largely because either they don't like Elon Musk's style or they're concerned about these, these financial uh, auditing practices. So mm-hmm. I, I would be very concerned as an investor, as somebody who's trying to hold this stock long term, that um, you know something terrible happens or there's a recession and it just wipes out 80% of the market value of this company. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, all, the, all those concerns that you, you raise about the you know the integrity of auditing practice, uh, the uh, the faith in the faith in the company from the high ranks of the company, uh, the lack of rather, uh, I mean those are those are really serious red flags that that you know that that everyone every investor should be aware of, um, and you know I think I think we have to kind of go back to our original topic that you wanted to discuss, which is speculative investing. You know this is not just a Tesla matter. But this is more of a broader question of how do you deal with how do you deal with an environment where there is a lot of news around hype and a lot of news around speculative speculative investing. As a value investor, how do you keep your you know how do you keep cool headed? How do you stay disciplined? How do you um, you know how do you adhere to the the principles that worked uh, you, know, you know that works uh, you know through the thick and thin? Um, maybe you can provide some color about that, Hari. Like how do you personally yourself? Uh, stay maybe at, at arm's length with 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 kind of the 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 news vortex, if you will. Yeah, I think the you know as value investors, we have to deal with absolutes, right? In a world where a lot of people look at um, investing as kind of a casino, you know, where they are expecting returns based on um, a feeling or some economic, um, you know, the the broader economic context, or they're just following the hot stock. Um, you know, those kind of investments are not successful long term, um, because what happens is you may ride this wave, um, grow your portfolio, and then get wiped out by a recession or things like that. Um, you know, the the danger with speculation, and a lot of people don't seem to to really pay attention to this, even though this is a repeated, you know, event every time there's a recession is, you know, we are now 12 minutes, I'm sorry, 12 years into a bull market uh, or 11 years, I guess, if you can count the beginning in 2009. Um, And there are a lot of people who have entered investing who've never seen a bear market, right? And they've never seen a a significant recession. Um, And so what we see is, um, a level of exuberance that you don't normally see under normal situations that interest rates are extremely low. There's sky high valuations for businesses. Um, you know, companies that would normally have, you know, that are low growth, not going anywhere businesses that are trading for, you know, PE ratios of 30 and higher. Um, and so you see companies like this where people are piling in because they're trying to, you know, extract every ounce of invest you know of, of money that they can return yeah, yeah of, of, of return thank you um, that they can and they are they are doing things like using calls and um, you know other options to you know kind of manipulate the market as much as they can um, and the reality is that it, as a value investor what we want to do is 
we let the market set the price and then we make a determination as to whether or not we want to play, right? And a company like this, I have zero insight into. I, I have no idea what is going to happen. And, um, you know, I, I think there are plenty of famous value investors who've tried to short Tesla because they don't see this as a valuable stock. And they've all been... Or, or rather, yeah, or rather it's, it's nosebleed valuation is too, no, too nosebleed. Correct. From their perspective. Yeah, it's way overvalued for their, from their... And, and they are, I, I, I would agree with them on that uh, assessment, right? I think it's overvalued. But there's a big difference between saying that something is overvalued and actually putting money down um, you know, as a bet against it. And, and what I would say is, in a lot of ways, shorting is, is, a, is speculation too, right? Because you are expecting the stock price to go down, but you don't necessarily know when that will happen. Right, and a lot of people who have been shorting Tesla when it was in the two hundreds, it's now in the eight hundreds, right? And you know there is an unlimited loss that you can sustain with a short stock, you know, with the with the short investment, uh, or with speculating uh, on the short side, um, and a limited upside, right? You can only gain a hundred percent of your investment, but you can lose as much, you know, as possible. Um, yeah, another thing that. Another thing that maybe you want to add, to, add a little bit more color to that is when you do short a stock, there is a price you have to pay for every share that you hold. Right. Because unlike a unlike a long position where you hold the equity and there's no like you don't have to actually do much to hold, I mean, there's nothing you have to do. They just have to hold the stock. If you short the position, maybe you can add a little bit more color to that and why right. it's expensive. Right. So when you short, um, you're actually borrowing shares from somebody who is a long uh, position, you, you, you take their shares, you borrow it, and then you sell it on the market. Um, and, and then you are required to pay them back. Um, and during that time that you hold the stock, you have to pay interest on that. And that interest can be as low as you know 1%, um, or it can be high for heavily shorted stocks. It can be a very high amount. Right. Yeah. And and, you know, the crazy thing that we're seeing with Tesla right now is the call option volume is like eight hundred billion dollars. It is like eight, you know, f uh, four to five times the market cap of the entire company is being transacted right now. So if you see that. Unless you have eight hundred billion dollars, you are not going to win that game. Right. You cannot control what is going to happen. And at, at any time. The tide can turn and you have no control over it, right? And so what I see that, you know, this is true of Bitcoin, this is true of any speculative uh, uh, thing, is that you are basically at the mercy of the price, right? If you're a, a long-term value investor, you hold the stock and you're basically doing time arbitrage, right? That eventually the value of the stock will be reflected in the price, right? And that's why you buy it for nothing. So... Um, you, you know, you buy it for with a significant margin of safety and you hold until the arbitrage comes true. Right. And and I, I think that's the ultimate problem here is that I don't know when Tesla will be ultimately valued at at its correct valuation. Um, but I'm not willing to wait, you know, uh, because I don't I don't I, I'm going to have to pay interest on that. And exactly. And and even if I if it do drops by 50 percent, um I that may not be enough to cover the interest payments that I've you know I've accrued. So yeah, I mean the whole short positioning 
how to you know how to pay how to play short. There is a, obviously there is a whole host of people who play in that market in Wall Street and people in real retail also play in that market and there is you know respective strategy in that in that that sphere. But uh, from our perspective, Hari's perspective, and my perspective, we don't really play at the short positions um, because of the cost and the kind of speculative nature of, of shorts. Um, so I think, you know, that kind of nicely summarizes, I think, uh, the kind of topics that we wanted to cover in this episode. You know, we talked about how Tesla, uh, you know, is a is at a as a nose nosebleed valuation. A lot of people are playing in this space because they want to get the last, you know, last squeeze out of this bull market. Um, a lot of speculation, a lot of news around Tesla, and of course, uh, all the kind of the the negative, uh, kind of the dark side of it all, and the kind of red red flags that we see as value investors. Um, and and that, you know, and also just outside of Tesla, just being able to be very you know, discipline and uh, regimented with our approach in, in value investing is is kind yep. of the takeaway message in this episode. Um, all right. Um, anything else you want to add here before we move on to the next episode? Uh, no, just, uh, um, you know, we now that we're getting back into the swing of things, if you are interested in reaching out to us, um, you can get a hold of us at info at valueinvestor.org. Uh, send us an email, ask uh, any questions that you have. Um, if you want to uh, join our Slack community, you can also send us that email and we can uh, add you on. Um, you know, we have um, people asking questions, you know, almost every day uh, with, you know, uh, and we're here to help answer those questions and build a build an online community. So, uh, we very much welcome uh, people asking us those questions, getting involved, helping each other out, um, and then, uh, you know, ultimately sharing news and other things, you know, and helping you find your next uh, investment. So, uh, yep. you know, please get a hold of us and uh, we're happy to, you know, add you on. Great, great. And again, as I mentioned earlier uh, in the episode, uh, since, you know, do you apologies for not... Uh, not being so active for the past three months um uh, we're back on track again uh, and we'll be producing contents uh, hopefully um hopefully you guys can uh, uh stay tuned and, uh, and follow us all right thanks so much guys uh, i'll see you guys in the next episode <laughs>